0: (laughs) It's the old
1: radio comedy podcast.
2: It's episode 23 here on the Old Radio Comedy Podcast, and another Hump Day Happy Hour edition, which means two back-to-back episodes of a classic comedy radio show from the golden age of radio. Today we're featuring two episodes of one of the biggest shows in radio history, Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Hart. If you'd like to hear a more in-depth history of Our Miss Brooks, go check out episode number two of this podcast when we feature the premiere episode. Suffice to say, Our Miss Brooks was one of the most popular radio shows of all time, running from 1948 to 1957 and spawning a hit TV series as well. Now, without further ado, sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh. we will bring you the September 19th, 1948 episode Weekend at Crystal Lake and the October 24th, 1948 episode Surprise Party of the Our Miss Brooks show right after this.
4: Eve Harden. Our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School, has been going with Philip Boynton for quite some time now. Six years to be exact. But only once or twice during that period did she have to worry about the eternal triangle.
5: And that's not unusual when your boyfriend is the eternal square. (laughs) Still, I must admit, I did see green about two weeks ago when Mr. Boynton began dating a young society beauty named Lucy Fairchild. I got angry, we had an argument, and I finally asked Mr. Boynton to choose between us. Did he want a beautiful young society girl with a million dollars? or a steadily employed English teacher with a guaranteed pension in 20
6: years.
5: (laughs) Oddly enough, he chose me. And to make my happiness complete, our beloved principal, Mr. Conklin, invited the two of us to spend this past weekend with him and Mrs. Conklin at their cabin on Crystal Lake. Friday morning, my landlady was in my room with me, helping me pack when she suddenly began to get sentimental. Connie,
1: do you realize this is the first time we've been separated in almost a year? Oh, I am going to miss you, dear. Promise me you'll write
5: every day. But, Mrs. Davis, I'm only going to be gone two days. Why, I'd be home before the first letter reached you. Oh, how nice. Then we could both sit down and read it together. (laughs) Better still, why don't I write the letter now and let you read it to me while I'm packing? I know just what I'd say in it. I'd tell you what a wonderful time I'm having with Mr. Boynton. I hope it comes true, dear. It's just too bad Osgood will be around to pester you two. You're not kidding. Ever since Mr. Conklin saved Mr. Stone by pulling him out of that open elevator shaft, he's been playing the hero role to the hilt. (laughs) But to spend the weekend with Mr. Boynton, I can even bear Mr. Conklin... Uh, Connie, I know it's
1: a touchy subject, but, well, has Mr. Boynton really given
5: up that society girl? Oh, absolutely. Mr. Boynton is through with the Crepe Suzette's crowd. I think he realizes now that we donut dunkers were made for each other. (laughs) (laughs) Still, I wonder. Wonder what,
1: Mrs. Davis? Well, it's probably just my imagination, but this whole thing reminds me of a book I read. Huh? You and Mr. Boynton going up to a lonely cabin in the woods. It's before the regular season opens, nobody around. He's torn between you and that society girl. He takes you out in a shaky rowboat.
5: Connie, it's an American tragedy all over again. An American tragedy? Oh, Mrs. Davis, you certainly have an imagination. What an utterly fantastic thought.
1: Oh, oh, of course it is, dear. Of course
5: it is. It's an utterly fantastic idea. (laughs) (laughs) Look, Mrs. Davis, for your information, Mr. Boynton has never even read an American tragedy. Now, let's just forget the whole thing. Oh, that's Walter to drive me to school. Come in, Walter. The door is open. Mrs. Davis, please, not a word to Walter about what we've been discussing, or I'll never hear the end of it. Honey, I give you my word, my lips are sealed.
1: And you know when I give anyone my word, I could be drowning and I... Oh, pardon me, dear. Oh, good morning, Walter.
7: And a good morning to the two fairest ladies of my acquaintance. Hey, it looks like you're practically all set for the big weekend, Miss Brooks. Yes, Walter. A mad, glorious weekend away from classrooms,
5: books, and American-born students who refuse to learn the English language. Yeah, but
7: you'll still have old Marblehead. You'll have Mr. Conklin with you. Harriet says that living with him these days is like living with a combination of John Wayne and Fearless Fosdick. (laughs) Did you see the poem he wrote called Keep Your Head? It covers the entire school bulletin board. Thirty-two stanzas. Did you read it, Miss Brooks?
5: It's all about courage. I read it, Walter, and for the first time I was glad I was a coward. Well, Mr. Conklin, or no, Mr. Conklin, I'm looking forward to a wonderful weekend. Oh,
7: I don't blame you. You and Mr. Boynton away together in a lonely cabin in the woods before the regular season opens. Nobody near, no society girl around. Just the two of you out in the lake alone in Mr. Conklin's shaky rowboat. Hey, hey it's an American tragedy all over again. <laughs>
1: American tragedy.
7: (laughs) I
5: wonder what's the most fantastic thing I ever heard of. In the last 30 seconds.
7: (laughs) Actually, it's a perfectly ridiculous idea. Oh, I wasn't for a minute implying that such a thought would ever enter Mr. Boynton's head. Well, I'm glad of that. Now, just forget the whole thing. Only, why has he been reading that book for the past three weeks? (laughs) (laughs) He's been reading in American Tragedy? Oh,
1: but, Connie, what difference does it make? There's probably no connection between the two. Oh,
5: of course not. No connection between the two, none at all. None whatsoever. Absolutely no connection. Now, the whole thing is absurd, Walter. The whole idea of going up to the cabin was Mr. Conklin's, not Mr. Boynton's idea, and... I I don't expect to go out on
7: the lake up there anyway. Oh, sure. (laughs) Sure, there's no comparison between the two situations. I'm sorry if I made you nervous, Miss Brooks. Nervous? Me nervous? Don't be silly, Walter.
5: Uh, Tommy, I don't want to rush you, but don't you think you should be on your way to school? Right, Mrs. Davis, I'm all ready. Come on, Walter. Let's get into your boat and row to school. (laughs) Oh, good morning, Harriet. Oh, hi, Miss Brooks. Why so depressed this morning, dear? I just left Daddy's office. If you were just entering, you'd have an even better reason. Oh, honestly, since Daddy rescued Mr. Stone a
3: few weeks ago, there's simply no living with him. Mother says she's heard so many stanzas of his poem, Keep Your Head, she's losing hers. (laughs) Gosh, I certainly don't envy you being up at Crystal Lake with Daddy over the weekend. Well, with Mr. Boyden along to keep me company, I'm certain I'll manage. Oh, of course. It should be great for the two of you. Away together in our lonely cabin in the woods, before the regular season opens. Nobody around for miles. That society girl
5: forgotten. Just the two of you out on the lake alone in Daddy's wobbly rowboat. Harriet, I I won't have you implying this is another American tragedy. But, Miss Brooks, I wasn't implying. You weren't? Of course not. There's
3: certainly no reason to be suspicious of a man just because he suggested to Daddy that he open
5: his cabin and invite you along. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mr. Boynton asked your father to open his cabin and invite me along? It was Mr. Boynton's idea. Well, yes, but that's certainly nothing to be upset about. Upset? Who's upset? <laughs> why should I be upset? Besides, Mr. Boyden has never said anything about going out in any boat. He's never mentioned that. Never once. So why should I be upset? Good morning, Miss bro.
6: <laughs> did I
4: do to deserve such a charming greeting.
6: <laughs>
4: now step into my office, please. I want to have a word with you.
5: Yes, sir. I'll see you later, Harry.
4: Bye, Miss Brooks. So, uh, you needn't sit down since this won't take a minute, Miss Brooks. I presume you've seen my poem on the bulletin board. I posted it yesterday just before lunch. You couldn't miss it going to the cafeteria. Did you read it?
5: Yes, sir, and it saved me lunch money. Uh, uh, I read it, sir.
4: The first two stanzas I consider the most important.
6: Mm -hmm.
4: Mm -hmm. Keep your head by Osgood Conference. (laughs) When others about you show panic and fear, just keep your head and never lose cheer. The world makes room for the heart that is brave, so just keep your head. Ride the crest of the wave. (laughs) Miss Brooks... Tell me, truthfully, have you ever heard anything so inspirational?
5: Not since Casey at the Bat. <laughs> now,
4: on my desk this morning was this piece of paper, and on it is a dastardly satire some ignorant buffoon made of those precious verses. Go on and read it, Miss Brooks.
5: When others about you show panic and fear, just keep your head like a good glass of beer. <laughs> The world makes room for the heart that is brave, so just keep your head. You'll have something to shave.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Who
4: could have done this to me, Miss Brooks? Who could have played this ghastly trick on Osgood Conklin? Who?
5: Miss Brooks, are you listening to me? Did you hear what I said? Oh, pardon me, Mr. Conklin. I, I really don't know who could have written it. Will you excuse me now, sir? I'm not myself today. I feel a little nervous.
4: Oh, well, then this weekend with us up at the lake will do you good. You'll have plenty of opportunity to be alone with Mr. Boynton. You've always wanted that, haven't you?
5: Yes, but not quite this way. That is, it should be nice,
4: sir. It certainly should be for both of you. But something he asked me yesterday has me a little puzzled.
5: Something he asked you?
4: Yes, yes. He asked me, did I have a good, strong robo? <laughs>
5: A, a, a good, good strong rowboat. He asked you that? Well, when did he ask you that?
4: Well, right after he asked me how deep the middle of the lake was.
0: <laughs> how, how deep the middle of the lake was?
4: Well, yes. yes. <laughs> Looks like Mr. Boynton plans to drown you. <laughs> <laughs> Why,
6: what, what's
4: the matter, Miss Brooks? Where's your sense of humor. I was only joking. I'm certain such a delightful, uh, hideous...
5: Oh, no, I'm certain it didn't, sir. Absolutely certain. Now, if you'll please excuse me. Miss Brooks, where are you going? Down to the pool to learn to swim. Oh,
6: Miss (laughs) Brooks. What is it?
5: Oh, nothing at all. Nothing at all, Mr. Boynton. Well, nice bumping into you. On dry land, that (laughs) see you next week sometime. Bye. Next week? Miss Brooks, what are you talking about?
4: You haven't forgotten our trip this weekend, have you?
5: Oh, no. I remember the weekend under Crystal Lake. On Crystal Lake. But frankly, I've been thinking of staying home this weekend. But, Miss Brooks,
4: you promised to go. I thought we'd patched up our little difference. And I really have been looking forward to it.
5: You really have been looking forward to it?
4: Yes and I've uh, made some plans. A little on the romantic side, if you know
5: what I mean. It doesn't matter. With me, both sides are romantic. (laughs) Oh, Gus, how could I have been so silly? Uh, What are your plans, Mr. Boynton?
4: Well, tonight after dinner, just as the full moon comes out in a perfect blue sky, we'll go out in Mr. Conklin's rowboat. I'll need just one big, powerful oar. <laughs> and I'll show you how to sit so you don't rock the boat. <laughs> and even if you do fall into the lake, I can swim. <laughs>
6: look, why are
4: you looking at me that way? What is it? Oh, oh, I think I know what's bothering you. you, You're mystified as to my actual reason for this trip. Now, isn't that it?
5: No, I've read Chapter 23. My
4: actual reason for going up to the lake is to gather first-hand information on the nocturnal habits of the speckled-throated frog. The nocturnal habits
6: of the speckled-throated
4: frog? I'm doing some highly confidential research work for a biological paper I'm writing. I wasn't even going to tell you until we got up there.
5: And that's the only other reason you wanted to go out with me in a rowboat tonight?
4: (laughs) What did you think I wanted to go out with you for? (laughs) To repeat an American tragedy?
5: (laughs) (laughs) It was a perfectly crazy idea. (laughs) How could a thought like that even enter my mind? (laughs) Of course. Well, I've
4: got a class now, Miss Brooks. I'll pick you up at your house at 4 o'clock sharp. I'll just honk my horn and you come
5: out. I should be all packed by then, but if I'm not right out tread water for, uh, wait for a few minutes, will
0: you? Osgood, <laughs> ah, good. Ever since we arrived at the cabin three hours ago, you've been behaving ridiculously. Now, come out of that rowboat this instant. Shh,
4: quiet passion flower. <laughs> ah, believe me, Boynton has gone completely berserk. Everything he's done so far clearly indicates he plans to marinate Miss Brooks tonight.
0: Osgood, oh, please stop hiding under that top hall They're bound to see you sooner or later.
4: Believe me, poopsie girl. George Good knows what he's doing. I've collected facts from Walter Dent Harriet and Miss Brooks herself, and there's no question about it. Boynton plans to end his romantic obligations to Miss Brooks by bashing her over the skull and using her as bass bait. <laughs> I'm going to save her.
0: Save, save, save. Osgood, since you pulled Mr. Stone out of that elevator shaft and became a hero, you've been simply impossible. Now, please get out of that boat before they come down here.
4: Worry not for your Osgood safety, my pet. He knows how heroes are expected to act in emergencies, and he shall not be found wanting. The world makes
0: room for the heart that is brave, so just keep your head. And you have something to shave. (laughs) (laughs)
4: No! <laughs> you, yeah. you, you wrote that satire. For twenty years, I've clasped a Delilah to my bosom.
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm coming now. Please get out of that boat. Cole, very well, be a hero. And when Mr. Boynton finds you hiding under that top hole, I hope he hangs something besides a medal under your eye. <laughs>
8: Look,
4: we'll return in a moment. You know, being a good driver is more than just turning on the ignition and stepping on the gas. You have to know where you're going. Look where you're going. And getting there depends on the brakes. Have you checked your brakes lately? no doubt in Mr. Conklin's mind, Mr. Boynton was going to end his romantic idol with Miss Brooks by using her to fatten up the fishes. So, to prevent another American tragedy, when the two took his robot out on Crystal Lake, he hid himself under the top tarpaulin. Oh, gosh, isn't it nice and peaceful out here on the lake, Mr. Boynton? Oh, it sure is, Miss Brooks. Uh, I, I wonder if you'd mind, Ugh, that is, well, can I hold your hand?
5: I doubt it. We're about eight feet apart.
4: You could sit closer. Uh, Why don't you sit on that tarpaulin?
5: No, thanks. I tried it before, and I felt like I was sitting on a mass of whale blubber. (laughs) What was that?
4: Oh, probably the mating call of the speckled-throated bullfrog. (laughs) Uh, would you like me to tell you about the love life of the frog, Miss Brooks?
5: Right now, I'm trying to develop one of my own. (laughs) I mean, some other time, Mr. Boynton.
8: Well, uh, maybe I could move a little closer to you.
5: No, stay where you are. I'll come to you.
4: Very well. Only be careful. This boat's awfully shaky. Now, here, I'll hold the oar up high and give you... Hold it, (laughs) Boynton! There'll be no American tragedy in this boat. Mr. Conklin... Then it was you under the tarpaulin.
5: See? I told you it felt like a mass of whale blubber. <laughs> Mr. Conklin, what are you doing in this boat? What am I doing? Miss Brooks,
4: wherever a human life is in peril, there you will find our good conscience. <laughs>
6: confess,
4: Boynton, what are you doing out here on the lake with Miss Brooks and that oar? We're rowing around studying the nocturnal habits of the speckled bullfrog. Good boy, I knew if I put it to you that way, you'd confess. You were going to bash her head in, drown her, then swim to shore and plead that you're... Ge- rowing around studying the habits of the
6: speckled bullfrog! <laughs>
5: <laughs> Is back under the tarpaulin again? <laughs> Mr. Conklin, I know it's bad news for you, but let's face it. Mr. Boynton was not trying to drown me. Not trying to drown you? But he can't do this to me. I mean, I, I worked so hard to be
4: a, a. Well, just to play it safe, Boynton, I'll take that oar. But, sir, this is proposed. Nothing will happen in this boat as long as Osgood Conklin is here. That's just the trouble.
6: Oh, but, sir. Very
4: well, if you won't give it to me, I'll have to wrest it from you.
6: Release that oar,
0: Boynton! Oh, good gosh. There goes our only oar.
4: Oh. We'll never find it in the dark.
5: Our only oar? Yes, and heaven knows where we are on this lake. We've been drifting for an hour. We're probably miles from land by now. How are we going to get back without an oar? Uh,
0: sir. Frankly, I'm
4: worried, too. There's no one else on this lake. Who knows how long we'll be out here? And why are we all so nervous? True, this is a period of crisis. But luckily, you have our good aboard. I shall be your captain.
5: We're dead. Uh, What Mr. Boynton said is right, sir. It might be days before we're rescued.
4: There's nothing to eat in the boat. With the little ingenuity, Boynton, we'll find something to eat.
5: Don't look at me, sir. I'm indigestible.
4: (laughs) But first, I'll run this ship the way it should be run. Mr. Boynton, you will sit fore and keep a sharp lookout for smoke on the horizon. Miss Brooks, you may sit aft and troll for small fish with a bobby pin tied on a shoelace.
6: (laughs) I'll sit here and
4: steer the boat manually using that good old North Star as my guide.
5: But, sir, that's the moon you're pointing at.
4: And I thought it seemed a rather odd shape for a star. <laughs> Let's try to get organized, shall we? Clear thinking is the ticket. Lacking an oar, we shall need to improvise a sail immediately. I'll need some large white garments. Miss Brooks?
5: You won't get a stitch for me. <laughs> well,
6: then,
5: Boynton, I suggest we use your shirt as a sail second the motion. And let's throw in his undershirt, too, sir. His shirt ought to do nicely.
4: Well, sir, can't we wait until morning for all this? You'll obey orders, Boynton, while I am captain of this ship. (laughs)
6: Hello,
4: sir. We can dispense with your levity, Miss Brooks. And now, before anything else, as a source of hope and inspiration, let us all bow our heads and prayfully intone the first verse of my poem, Keep Your Head.
6: (laughs)
5: How's good godly? Why not let me try to swim to shore for help, sir? But, Miss Brooks, you can't swim. Well, there's no time like the present to learn. <laughs> hey, am I imagining things, or is this boat sinking?
4: Sinking? Holy cow, you're right. there's a leak. A leak? Where, 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 Good grief! Water's coming in! There is a leak! The boat's sinking! I can't swim!
6: <laughs> uh, I don't
0: think this boat can last five minutes the way the water's coming in. Maybe much less. Well, keep your head, boy. You don't get panicky. Don't get panicky, boy. you need to all your
5: <laughs> Oh, every I'll do it. me yours.
6: Oh, well, you are sure.
5: But what about me, sir? I can't swim either. And you know the tradition of the sea. The captain goes down with his ship.
6: What <laughs> in the ship? <laughs> Sit there. Keep a clear head, boy, clear. Here, grab my arm.
4: Which arm do you want? Take your choice. He'll... Oh, help me, boy.
6: Help me. Steady.
4: Steady. sir. Let's not lose our head.
6: Just
5: think of your poem, sir. When others about you show panic and fear. Oh,
6: stop that idiotic boulder that. Help me, boys. Then. I have
5: a wife and
4: family. Miss Brooks has no wife. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Who's, that? Who's that? Mother! Good heavens! I see the mother of my child. The Lord must
0: be flashing before my eyes. Arthur, what on earth are you babbling about? Mother, is that really you? How did you get out here? Are you treading water? <laughs> what for? The lake is only three feet deep here. <laughs> so I put on your hip boots and waited out. It's only three feet deep Now will you let the women and children
5: go
6: first?
0: Mrs. Conklin, just where are we now? Oh, the cabin is just around the bend, Mr. Boynton. Now, Arthur. Will you kindly explain just why my big hero suddenly went to pieces? Went to pieces? I
4: Why, Martha, what a fantastic idea. Oh, I will admit I was a little upset, but it was more for the safety of Mr. Boyden and, and, and Miss Brooks than myself. My first concern was for their safety. Isn't that so, Miss Brooks?
5: Well, what do you say, Miss Brooks? The next time you run Mr. Conklin's bath, be sure you throw in a life
0: preserver. <laughs>
4: Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden. All right, gentlemen. Written by Arthur Oldsburg and Lou German with the music of Ludd Bluskin. That the content was played by Gail Gordon. I'm Olive Soap, your beauty hope, and Luster Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous green girl hair bring you Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden. Miss Brooks teaches English at Madison High School. She's very fond of her pupils, and they're very fond of her. She's also very fond of biology teacher Philip Boynton, and he's very fond of his frogs and guinea pigs. Well, this absorption in his laboratory is largely due to Mr. Boynton's natural shyness. Well, that is to say that he's shy in the world of reality, but in the dreams of our Miss Brooks. Philip Boynton is every bit as ardent and attentive as any woman could desire.
8: Let's listen. Oh, my darling Constance. You're so lovely, so desirable. I feel I could fly on the wings of our love. Won't you join me, Constance, on a flight to paradise?
5: Contact! (laughs) Uh,
8: I must pause for a moment, my darling. You know why?
5: For station identification.
8: I want to look at you again before I kiss you. And if you notice anything strange in my eyes, dearest, it's stardust. Well,
5: sweep it under your lids and let's get going. <laughs> oh, isn't
8: it wonderful, Connie? Just you and I alone in our dream house.
5: Yes, it is, Philip. And if anyone comes calling, we'll refuse to answer the doorbell. Sorry, wrong number. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, alarm clock. Oh, you win. Quiet. I could have slept a few more minutes, that dream might have gotten the Academy Award. <laughs> Come in. Good morning, Connie. Good morning, Mrs. Davis. I've brought you a little breakfast tray. Hope you like the surprise recipe on it. Another surprise recipe? I'm still trying to get used to the last one. Rye crisp boiled in breadcrumbs.
6: <laughs>
1: Anything like that, Connie? This is a famous Alaskan dish. Want to know what it consists of? No. What? It's very simple. You just take a pound of frozen whale meat, thaw it out, <laughs> roll into patties, and fry in deep
5: seal fat.
6: Oh, <laughs> no. What do you
5: call this Eskimos' delight? Blubber burger.
6: <laughs> Blubber
1: burger? Yes. Uh, of course, not everyone can enjoy them at first eating.
5: How do you stand on the quail meat, Connie? I really don't know, Mrs. Davis. I've never stood on any. It was nice of you to bring a tray into my room, Mrs. Davis, but I'd rather have breakfast out here in the dinette with you. Oh, thank you, Connie. But you haven't had a thing but a glass of milk. I know. You can't fry that.
6: <laughs> uh, that is,
5: I didn't feel very hungry. Oh, that's too bad. Today of all days. What's so special about today? Don't you know? Let's see. Oh, certainly. Oh, certainly. Yesterday was payday, so today must be rent day. What do I owe you, Mrs. Davis? I'm not worried about the rent, Connie, although I could use a small
1: loan. How much? Well, five dollars would do nicely. It's for a donation,
5: I promised the Ailing Newsboys Fund. All right, Mrs. Davis, I can let you have five dollars. You sure you won't miss it? No, I won't miss it. The people I owe the payment on my car might miss it, but I'll take care of that later. (laughs) I've had my eye on a bag in Justin's department store, and I've decided to throw caution to the winds and buy it this afternoon. The one you told me about, green alligator skin? That's the one. Of course, I'll have to postpone a lot of my time payments. The car, my coat, the watch I bought for Mr. Boynton, but it's worth it. Wait till you see that bag, Mrs. Davis. But what about your creditors? What'll you tell them? I'll write them all polite letters. Letters? What'll you say? Oh, I'll think of something. I'm an English teacher, ain't I? I mean,
6: uh...
5: Aren't I? Uh, am I not? <laughs> you certainly must have your heart set on that bag. Oh, I have. Do you think Mr. Boynton will like it? He likes frogs and lizards and things. <laughs> then this alligator bag ought to be right up his alley. Lucky alligator bag to be up an alley with Mr. Boynton. Oh, that must be Walter Denton. He's giving me a lift to school. I'll be there in a minute, Walter. Is your car in the repair shop again, Connie? Yes, the garage says they just have to get one more part for the car before I can drive it again. What part is that? A motor.
6: <laughs>
7: only find... Hello, Walter. Come in. Thanks, Miss Brooks. I just came in to tell you to be sure and bring a coat with you this morning. It's colder than a schoolteacher's heart out. I mean, some schoolteacher's hearts, Miss Brooks. You're a warm one.
6: <laughs>
5: Thanks, Walter. You can butter me up on the way to school. I'll go get a coat. I'll just be a few minutes.
1: Did someone let that cat in again? It's me, Mrs. Davis. Oh, Walter, I'm glad you came in. We've got to make arrangements for the surprise party. Does she know it's her birthday? No, just like last year. She's forgotten about it completely. Well, then the party will go over that much bigger. Did you find out what she wants? Yes, I did, Walter. It's a green bag in Justin's. But she's threatened to buy it for herself. Holly, that's no good. I know. So I've thought up this scheme. If we all borrow some money from her, she won't be able to buy it. (laughs) Then we can give it to her for a present. I'll call the Conklins and tell them to be sure and borrow something from Miss Brooks when she gets to school.
7: Good. She's so soft-hearted she'll never turn anybody down, as long as there's a hard luck story with it. I'll put the bite on her and, I mean, I'll borrow something on our way to school. (laughs) Here
1: she comes. I'll go back into the kitchen. I don't want her to think we've been conspiring. Okay, Mrs.
7: Davis. Well, that wasn't such a long wait, was it, Walter? Oh, not at all, Miss Brooks. Gosh, that's a nice coat. Well, when did you buy that? Within the next 18 months.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Let's
5: hurry, Walter. I couldn't touch a morsel of Mrs. Davis's breakfast. I'd like to get a bite on our
7: way. Don't worry. You will. <laughs>
4: Oh! I- Miss Brooks will continue in just a moment, but first, here is Vern Smith with an important announcement. Palm Olive Soap is giving away prizes worth $67,000. A grand prize of $25,000 in one lump sum, or $100 a month for life. And that's not all. There are over 2,000 prizes in Palm Olive's big treasure chest contest Ford sedans, Westinghouse laundromats, From silver fox scarves, Toastmaster toasters, and it's easy to enter. Complete the last line of this jingle.
3: A fresher, brighter looking skin is something I would like to win. I'll get Palm Olive Soap today. Da 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 da.
4: Write your last line on a plain sheet of paper or use an official entry blank giving complete rules obtainable at your dealers. Include your own and dealer's name and address and mail with the big word Palm Olive from the front of the wrapper of one regular and one bath size cake of Palm Olive Soap to Palm Olive, Box 92, New York 8, New York. Now here's the jingle once more
6: A
3: fresher, brighter looking skin is something I would like to win. I'll get palm olive soap today. Da dot da dot da dot da dot.
4: Mail your entry to palm olive box ninety two, New York eight, New York. Get palm olive soap for a lovelier complexion. Remember, doctors prove palm olive's beauty results.
7: I just had a tune up job done in the car, Miss Brooks. Runs pretty smooth, doesn't it? Yes, it does, Walter. What kind of a car was this? Uh, is this? (laughs) A 1938 Hudson. Hmm. Certainly held together for the past ten years. So have you, Miss Brooks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not that I'm comparing you with a car or anything, but... Well, you're still so youthful. Nature's treated you extremely well. Why, you haven't even got any crow's feet. Nature probably knows I can't afford shoes for them. (laughs) I don't like to keep bothering you with my personal problems, Miss Brooks, but could I once more? Could you once more what, Walter? Bother you with a personal problem. It's about a financial matter. What kind of a financial matter? A loan. Are you asking me or telling me? I'm telling you? I mean, I'm telling you.
5: I'm broke. Really? How long have you been a schoolteacher?
7: No, I'm serious. I've just got to get some money somewhere. It isn't like it was for myself. I wouldn't even ask if it was for myself. Who is it for? It's for a friend of mine. He's a... He's an ice man. And his horse fell down the other day, and he's laid up in the barn now, and my friend hasn't been able to sell any ice. Oh, that's too bad, Walter. He doesn't know when the horse will be on his feet again. And he's just had a baby. The horse? No, the ice man. <laughs> oh, well, that's a switch. His wife will see? And they haven't got enough money to buy milk to feed it. Oh, let alone the other seven children in the family. Plus oats. Isn't it sad, Miss Brooks. Saddest thing since Camille. How much do you want to borrow, Walter? Five dollars would help a lot. Okay, here you are. Gosh, thanks. Are you sure you won't miss it? No, I
5: won't miss it, Walter. The people who sold me this coat may miss it, but I'll take care of that later.
7: Thanks again. You don't know what this money will do for these people, and you'll get it back just as soon as my friend's foot heals. Your friend's foot? I thought it was the horse who fell. The horse? Oh, sure. But didn't I tell you? When the horse fell, my friend tried to lift him up and sprained his own ankle.
6: Oh, great.
5: Between his sick horse, sprained ankle, and having a baby, your friend is the busiest iceman I ever knew. Now
7: <laughs> oh, we're right near school. Oh, gosh, I got so wound up talking about my poor friend I forgot to stop and let you get some breakfast
5: Well, after that story, Walter, I'd feel guilty eating anything but hay (laughs) I'll have an early lunch in the cafeteria
7: Okay, Miss Brooks Well, here we are Thanks, Walter Say, isn't that Harriet Conklin going up the steps? Yeah, that's Harriet Oh, you better hurry She's anxious to talk to you How can you tell from the back of her neck? I'm psychic about some things. Go ahead, Miss Brooks. All right, Walter. See you later. Good morning, Harriet. Oh, good morning, Miss Brooks.
3: I'm so glad we bumped into each other before school starts. I've been very anxious to talk to you.
5: Walter is psychic at that, among other things. What did you want to talk to me about?
3: Well, it's rather embarrassing. Not that you're hard to talk to or anything, but golly, I just don't know how to say it now that we're face to face.
5: Well, we'd look pretty silly chatting back to back. (laughs) to be the trouble?
3: Well, it's really not my trouble, Miss Brooks. It's just that I've got to get some financial assistance for a friend in need.
5: What friend, Harriet?
3: Well, it's a little boy I know. He comes from a very poor family, and in order to help his folks, he shines shoes after school. Now, he's got a little dog that helped him get his business started.
5: What did he do, put up the money?
6: (laughs) No,
3: Miss Brooks. He used to do tricks and attract customers, but just the other day he fell down and hurt his foot, Now, the poor little dog can't even get downtown
5: anymore. Well, I can get him a lift downtown if he doesn't mind riding on a lame horse.
6: (laughs) I don't understand.
5: Well, I don't either, but how much do you want to borrow?
3: Well, right after he was hurt, they took the little dog to a hospital, and the bill
5: there was $8. He must have had a semi-private room. (laughs) Well, here's the $8, Harriet. Oh, thank you, Miss Brooks. You're sure you won't miss it? No, I won't miss it. The people I owe the payment on my watch might miss it, but I'll take care of that later. Anyway, I still have enough left to pick up that bag at Justin's this afternoon. Yeah. Oh, I mean, what bag? A green alligator job that I've had my eye on for weeks. Oh. Well, before you go to your room,
3: Daddy would like you to stop in at his office.
5: Uh-oh. What have I done now?
3: Well, why should you think you've done something, Miss Brooks? Golly, just because Daddy's a principal is no reason for anybody
5: to be afraid of him. No, oh, maybe you're right, Harriet.
4: Good morning. <gasps>
6: Morning, Daddy See you later, Miss Brooks Bye, Harriet (laughs) (laughs) Will
4: you uh, step into my office a moment, Miss Brooks?
5: Certainly, Mr. Conklin
4: Uh, At ease
5: Uh, (laughs) Have a chair Yes, sir
4: As you know, I was a major in the last war Mm -hmm. Spent almost four years in charge of the post exchange at Camp Bubrick, Ohio
5: (laughs) Stout (laughs) fella
4: Yes, although I've been returned to the arms of my loved ones for over two years now. I opened my last box of Hershey's in 46. (laughs) I must confess, there are aspects of military life which bear remembering.
5: Such as? Ah,
4: the camaraderie, esprit de corps. Don't you agree, Miss Brooks?
5: Oui, mon capitaine. (laughs) Now,
4: you've been teaching at Madison High for over five years, haven't you?
5: That's right, Mr. Conklin. And in that time, I've had a lot of esprit de corps, but very few raises. I think the last one was Uh, way back in... now, let's
4: not talk shop, Miss
5: Brooks. (laughs) I
4: realize that you haven't had a raise in some time, but after all, it's a universal complaint these days, and one which can't be remedied overnight. Meanwhile, you get by very nicely on the money you earn, don't you?
5: Well, speaking frankly...
4: That's the only way to speak, Miss Brooks. (laughs) Now, if you don't mind, I'll come to the point. I've got to have some financial assistance for a friend of mine in distress. Another one? This poor chap was one of my G.I. assistants during the war. Just a corporal, but I recommended him for a war department citation. Really? Yes. You never saw anyone fill a Coke machine like this (laughs)
6: lad. As
4: for stacking Kleenex boxes... (laughs) Ah! Well. (laughs) After the war, he got married and started to raise a family. That was three years ago, but luck didn't favor this boy. He lost one job after another. Things went from bad to worse.
5: You mean he became a teacher?
6: No
4: laughing matter, Miss Brooks. He's just written me that his wife is going to have another baby. Therefore...
5: In three years?
6: Uh,
4: There's uh, a set of twins. (laughs) In any event, he's desperate. He can't even afford a hospital room for his wife.
5: Well, I know where there's a semi-private room if she doesn't mind dogs. <laughs> I mean, how much would you like to borrow, Mr. Conklin?
4: Well, I've asked many of my friends for five or ten dollars.
5: I see. Well, I guess but that... But you're
4: was... such an old friend, Miss Brooks, I feel that I can ask you for 15.
5: Before our friendship gets any older, here's the 15 dollars.
6: <laughs> oh, thank
4: you, Miss Brooks. You're sure you won't miss it.
5: No, I won't miss it. The people I owe a repair bill on my car might miss it, but I'll take care of that later. <laughs> Very well. That'll be all then. Dismissed.
8: <laughs> oh, excuse me, Miss Brooks, but may I sit at this table with you? The school cafeteria is pretty crowded today.
5: Oh, sit down, Mr. Boynton. You'll forgive me if I go ahead with my lunch. Oh, of course. I want to eat this salad while it's still warm.
8: There's something I'd like to talk to you about. Yes, Mr. Boynton? I've heard from many people how generous and warm-hearted you are under your veneer of seeming sophistication. Of course, I've always known that you're true blue, a 100% human being deep down below the surface.
5: Why, Mr. Boynton, you've been peeking at my (laughs) x-rays.
6: I am serious.
8: I know that I can appeal to you for assistance without fear of embarrassment. And I know when you hear my story, you'll want to help.
5: Et tu, Boynton? (laughs) Well, what's your story?
8: Well, I have this friend who's also a biologist.
5: From a poor family?
8: No, no, his family's very wealthy, as a matter of fact.
5: But he's married and has seven children and one on the way.
8: No, he's a single chap.
5: But he's got a bad sickness.
8: No, no, he's in the pink of condition.
5: Oh, wait a minute. I know. His little puppy broke its leg.
8: Oh, he hasn't any puppy, but his great Dane just won a blue ribbon.
5: Wrong again. But give that lady a box of Red Heart and two tickets to next week's Flea Circus.
6: <laughs> Look, Mr. Boynton,
5: I'll bet your friend's horse is so lame he can't even
8: ride him to work, hmm? Well, my friend drives a Cadillac. Uh, uh, If you'll just let me finish, I'll be as brief as possible You see, he's leaving town He's got about 30 white mice and frogs that he wants to give me
5: Oh, so that's it They're sick
8: Oh, no, not at all They're wonderful specimens But they're orphans Please, Miss Brooks, what I'm trying to tell you is that I'll need about $20 for the added equipment it'll require to house them
5: Oh, well, why didn't you say so? Here, Mr. Boynton, here's $18 It's all I have left Let a couple of the mice double up. (laughs) Uh,
8: Thank you, Miss Brooks. I certainly appreciate this, but are you sure you won't miss it?
5: No, I won't miss it. The people I owe the payments on my car, watch, and coat might miss it, but I'll take care of that later. There's only one thing that's not going to be put off, Mr. Boynton. Oh, what's that? A green alligator bag I've got my deep down underneath little warm heart set on. My first stop after school will be the nearest bank that lends money. (laughs)
4: Attention, quiet, please. Now then, Harriet, it was your idea to have this surprise party for Miss Brooks. Suppose you outlined the plan.
3: All right, Daddy. First of all, did we all borrow enough from Miss Brooks to keep her from
7: getting that bag she wants? Mrs. Davis and I took $5 each from her.
4: I nailed her for a uh,
8: that is...
6: <laughs>
8: I uh, appropriated 15 And she loaned me $18. Good for you, Mr. Boynton. Oh, I'm afraid it's not good enough, Mr. Conklin. She told me at lunch she was going to the bank and borrow the money for the bag.
7: Oh, golly, that'll spoil everything. I know. Why don't we call the store and tell them under no circumstances to sell her that bag? Tell them her, uh, we're buying it.
4: Excellent, Walter. It's a wonder that that agile mind of yours doesn't function quite so efficaciously in the schoolroom.
7: <laughs> Gosh, thanks, Mr. Conklin. <laughs>
3: down to the store, pick up the bag, and take it home. Now, who'll get Miss Brooks and bring her over to our house?
8: Oh, I will. I'll call for her at about five o'clock and bring her over to your house at six. Fine. Now, synchronize watches, everybody. (laughs)
5: Let's see. Confidential Loan Department. This is it. Uh, Pardon me, I've read your ads, but I'd still like to be assured that any business we transact will be strictly confidential. You may be quite certain of that, miss.
6: What? I
1: said we treat all our transactions with the utmost secrecy.
6: (laughs) Well,
5: you can let me in on it. I'd like to borrow about $35. Yes, ma'am. What is your occupation, please? I'm a schoolteacher. How long have you been teaching, and at what school, please? Five years at Madison High. <laughs> and how do you sound when you've got laryngitis?
1: Very comical. <laughs> <laughs> You'll write your name and address down, and I'll get you the money. Is that all there is to it? Yes, we don't believe in a lot of red tape. Oh. All you have to do is sign a few papers. First here. Yes. Now here. Right now this one. There you are. Now here. Mm-hmm. And here. Again. And this one. Yes. Now we'll start on the second page. Here. Yes. And here.
6: Mm-hmm. And, here.
1: Mm-hmm. and here.
4: And here. And here. And here. And here.
5: Can I help you, madam? It's Miss, Miss Brooks. I'd like to see an item your department has been featuring in your window display. Uh, what item is that, Miss Brooks? It's a green alligator. What? A green alligator. I've seen it in your window every day for weeks now. Have you ever heard of Alcoholics Anonymous? (laughs) Do you mean to tell me you don't know what I'm talking about? Oh, not at all, Miss Brooks. You know you don't know what you're talking about, don't you? Or do you? (laughs) Of course I do. Let's start all over again. There's a purse made of green alligator skin that's been in your window.
7: Oh, that thing.
5: Oh, you wouldn't want to own that. Why, it wouldn't do a thing for you. It wouldn't have to. I've got a job.
3: (laughs) May I see it, please? Uh, uh, funny thing about that model. I sold the last one not a half hour ago to, uh, uh, Miss H. Conklin, I believe. Well,
5: couldn't you get one just like it if I... H. Conklin? That's Harriet. Why, that little demon. Maybe if I get her another bag, she'll trade me the green one. Now, she wears a lot of green. Besides, she has alligator shoes, too. Well, I might as well go over to her house and see what I can do anyway. Um, uh, I didn't mean to eavesdrop
3: on your monologue. But, uh... H. Conklin won't be home for a while. She said she had a lot of shopping to do. And then she's going to get a manicure at Antoine's. Well, I'll go
5: to her house and wait. Thank you, and good day, J. Edgar Hoover. (laughs) Coming! Hello, Mrs. Conklin. Is Harriet at home? Why, no, Miss Brooks. She's out doing some last-minute shopping for the... Miss Brooks, isn't it terribly early? I mean, um, with the days getting shorter all the time, it seems like about five o'clock. It is five o'clock. May I come in, Mrs. Conklin? Oh, of course.
4: Who's that at the door, Martha? Oh, it's you, Miss Brooks.
5: Hello, Mr. Conklin.
4: Martha, did Harriet get back with all... Miss Brooks! <laughs> isn't it a little early? I mean, it only seems like five o'clock. Five-one. <laughs>
3: A living room a minute, Miss Brooks.
1: Osgood, I'd like to talk to you.
4: Yes, yes. Will you excuse us, please, Miss Brooks? Surely. What
1: happened? Well, I don't know what
6: it was. Somebody must have slipped up. That's all I've got to say. I wonder
5: if they've had a confidential
7: loan lately.
6: I'll be right there.
7: Walter. Hello, Mrs. Conklin. I got all this stuff. Funny hats, noisemakers, confetti, and streamers. Oh, come on in the living room and we'll start decorating the place. Uh, But Walter, uh, look who's here, Walter. Hi, Miss Brooks. Hi, Walter. Now, we'll take the streamers and we'll start in this corner of the room and we'll...
6: (laughs) Miss Brooks!
7: (laughs) When you hear the tone, the time will be 5-2.
6: This one's on me. (laughs)
8: Oh, hello, Mr. Conklin. I, I was just over to Mrs. Davis's house, but you... Say no uh, more. Say no more, Boynton. Come into the living room. Hello, Mr. Boynton. Hi. Oh, hello, Mrs. Conklin. Walter. Hello, Mr. Boynton. Oh, hello, Miss, Miss Brooks. As I started to say, Mr. Conklin, I went over to Mrs. Davis' to pick up Miss Brooks, but she... Miss <gasps> <Liz> Brooks!
5: <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm terribly early, but I wish I knew for what.
6: <laughs> I'll answer it. it.
5: Must be Harriet. Hello, dear. Mrs. Davis. Come in, won't you? I got the bag,
3: Mother, and I had it gift wrapped. Oh, it looks just super. I brought the cake, Martha. Well,
5: hello, everybody. Hello,
3: Mrs. Davis, Harriet. Hello, hello Miss Brooks. Brooks. Well, there's nothing else that we can do now but wait. Miss Brooks!
5: <laughs> Somebody says Miss Brooks once more. I'm going to change my name to Lucy Pumpernickel. <laughs> well, I guess
4: the cat's out of the bag now. We might as well tell her. Miss Brooks, this little gathering is in honor of your birthday.
7: My birthday? How do you like that? I forgot it again. Miss Brooks, as a token of our esteem and affection, may we present you with this little gift. Go on, Miss Brooks, open it. The gift is something you've wanted for a long time, Connie. Oh, the green alligator bag.
5: So that's why everybody borrowed money from me today.
8: That's right. We we didn't want you to get it for yourself.
5: Well, this is certainly the nicest present anybody ever bought me, with or without my money. (laughs) get this with your money, Miss Brooks. Look inside
7: the purse. Why? Oh, what's this? Five, ten, twenty? It's all here. That's right, Miss Brooks. Well, now that we all know it's your birthday, suppose you tell us how old you are.
5: (laughs) Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy Happy birthday, birthday, our Miss Brooks.
4: Eve Arden, as our Miss Brooks, returns in just one moment, but first... Dream girl, dream girl, beautiful luster cream girl. Tonight, you can see this come true, revealed by a luster cream shampoo. You'll see your hair lovelier, your wave or curls softer, more glamorous, easy to do quickly. Even in hardest water, luster cream shampoo leaves hair three ways lovelier. Fragrantly clean... Easier to manage. Brilliant with sheen. Don't wait. Tonight, use luster cream shampoo. Not a soap, not a liquid, but a dainty, magical cream. Discover why it's by far the top favorite cream shampoo. Get the big jar, $1. Smaller sizes, either tubes or jars. Tonight, you can be a... Dream girl, dream girl, beautiful luster cream girl. You owe your crowning glory to lustre Cream Shampoo And now, once again, here is our Miss Brooks.
5: So, you see, I won't need the $35 I borrowed from you people yesterday. Here it is. Fine.
4: The interest is practically nothing.
5: Oh, that's nice. May I have a receipt, please? Of course. Just sign here. Yes. And here. Yes.
6: And here. Yes. And here. Yes. And here.
4: Next week, leading to another Our Miss Brooks show, brought to you by Palmolive Soap, your beauty hope, and luster cream shampoo for soft, glamorous dream girl hair. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns, written and directed by Al Lewis, with music by Wilbur Hatch. Dentists know what cleans teeth best. And over 4,000 dentists say Colgate Tooth Powder with a two-minute routine gets teeth sparkling and super clean. So to remove dull film and get your teeth shining clean, just brush teeth two minutes morning and night with Colgate Tooth Powder. Brush inside, outside, and biting surfaces. Always brush away from the gums. See how quickly this gets teeth naturally bright. It removes dull film that improper brushing misses. And Colgate Tooth Powder also sweetens your breath. Try it. Buy Colgate Tooth Powder today. For mystery liberally sprinkled with laughs, listen to Mr. and Mrs. North. Tune in Tuesday evenings over most of these same stations. And be with us again next week at the same time for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Bob Lamont speaking for CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
2: Two classic episodes from the Our Miss Brooks Show, right here on the Hump Day Happy Hour edition of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Visit our webpage at anchor.fm/slash Old Radio Comedy Podcast if you'd like to leave a comment or a suggestion for a future episode of the show. And remember, there's always room for jello shots. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening.
6: Yay!